Now today we're starting a brand new series called Refocus. You know, throughout the Christian life, there's going to be times, guys, when, when we will need to refocus. Because things will happen in our lives that, that will take the focus off the reasons that, that you and I were created. Because you guys know this, in life there's going to be some disappointments. You're going to have some setbacks. You're going to have challenges. And, and you're going to have struggles. And, and these things can hinder our focus. And I'm sure some of you here today have, have, some, have experienced some things this, this Christmas season that hindered your focus. Maybe you felt alone this Christmas season and it hindered your focus. Maybe you were not able to give. You know, we like to give during the holiday seasons and, and maybe you were not able to give and maybe that hindered your focus. Or maybe, and this is kind of for the women here, maybe you didn't receive that very special gift from that special someone. And you know what? You got to up about that. And that hindered your focus. Or maybe you're like me. Maybe you're just struggling with these feelings that you're having toward a family member who came to your home this Christmas season, uninvited. <laughs> and the only thing they brought with them was their appetite and empty Tupperware bowls. Anybody got any family members like that? Now, everybody who didn't raise your hand, you are that family member. <laughs> you know, they get to your house and they eat, they eat up all the turkey, all the ham, all the mashed potatoes, all the bread, all the chitterlings. <laughs> and to top it off, those jokers used the last, I mean the last of the Louisiana hot sauce. <laughs> you know, I could not enjoy my Christmas dinner for looking at them eat up all my food and take off all the leftovers and go home. I tell you, that hindered, that hindered my focus. So there will be times in our lives, guys, we will need to refocus on the reason of our creation. And one of the reasons that we were created, and I love this, is to be like Jesus. Amen? That's one of the reasons that we were created. And you know what? That was God's plan from the very beginning. Listen to what it says in Genesis 1 and 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness. You see, that was God's plan for us, to become like Jesus. Now get this, to become new people. To become new people. And despite Life challenges, guys, despite the challenges that you go through and I go through, God's plan for us still hasn't changed. He still wants us to become new people. Now, in order for that to happen, there has to be change. 
There has to be change. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is change. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians 4, verses 21 through 24. It says this, Since you have heard about Jesus and have heard the truth that comes from him, listen to what it says in verse 22. It says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, what it's telling us to, to get rid of that lifestyle, which is corrupted by lust and deception. And verse 23 says this, and it says, Instead, let the Spirit renew or change your thoughts and attitude. And verse 24 says this, Put on your new nature. Put on your new nature. Put on that new person created to be like God truly righteous and, and holy. You see, guys, God's ultimate goal for your life and mine on this earth is not comfort. God's ultimate goal for your life and mine here on this earth is not comfort but change. It's change. He wants you and I to be like Christ. And let me say this to you. No one who meets this God of the Bible is left unchanged. No one who meets this God of the Bible is left unchanged. You know, when I first gave my life to Christ, my change begun. I have something to share with you. It may come as a surprise to some of you guys, but I have not always been saved. I ain't always been saved. I do have a past. All right? Let me share with you some pictures of my before life. I got two words I want to say to you about that picture. Player, player. I was one cool dude. That was a brand new three-piece powder blue suit. That was Easter Sunday. I didn't go nowhere near the church. Players don't go to church. All right. Next picture. Now, at this time in my life, let me tell you, I was living life my way. What they call large and in charge. I did what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. I mean, that's just how I live my life. And I broke every rule along the way. Next picture. Now, I brought this picture Simply because I thought it was a funny-looking picture. I just thought that was a funny-looking picture. I'm a late teens right there, and I actually had enough hair to braid. Now, guys, the reason I'm showing you these, these pictures is not to glorify that lifestyle, but it's to show you how God can change lives. Amen. You know, since giving my life to Christ, he, he truly has changed me. I got rid of that lifestyle along with that blue suit. Got rid of it. And now I'm, I'm this new person in Christ. I'm this new person. God has changed me 
And now I'm able to share the changes that God has made in my life with people like you. Here's the deal, guys. If God's word tells us that, that we are new people and that we can change, what's hindering you from changing? What's hindering you from becoming like Jesus? We need to ask ourselves that question. Let me share with you guys three things that, that hindered my change. And it possibly could be hindering yours. The first thing that can hinder our change is doubt. Doubt. Doubt can hinder our change. You know, I can remember when I first came to God, how my life begun to change. Well, I remember at that time life being good. I remember for the first time, for the first time I remember having a relationship with God. For the first time, I, I joined church. Anytime those church doors was open, I was up in them doors. I remember at this time, my marriage was on the mend. I remember becoming a better husband and a better father. And this one really, really here, this memory here really sticks out. I remember being clean and sober for the first time in 19 years. Hallelujah. And, and I, everything that I had accomplished up until that point, I felt like it all hinged on my sobriety. That's how I felt. Like everything I had done up until that point, it hinged on my sobriety. My relationship with God, I felt as though it hinged on my sobriety. My marriage been better. I, I felt like it hinged on, on my sobriety. Me leading my family, I felt like it, it hinged on my sobriety. I mean, my sobriety was so, so important to me. And let me tell you this. Well, I would fight you over my sobriety. I would. I'd probably knock a couple of y'all out messing with my sobriety. That's how important my sobriety was. And then it happened. I relapsed. After a year of being clean and sober, I relapsed. I remember going home that Sunday morning after being out all night long. I remember the look of disappointment on my wife's face. I remember not going to church that Sunday morning. And I remember this, guys. I remember thinking, I did it again. I blew it. I, I, I did it again. And, and then that terrible, terrible feeling of doubt set in. I started doubting my ability to change. I started doubting if I could ever be clean and, and sober. I started doubting if I was ever going to be the husband and the father that my family needed me to be. And this was the big one. I started to doubt this whole God thing. Doubt was hindering my change. 
How many of you guys have faced doubt before? Guys, doubt will hinder your change. But thank God for godly friends who are concerned about our change. I tell you, if you've got friends and they're concerned about your change, you need to be thanking God for them every day. You know, that Saturday night when, when I was gone, my wife, whom I love so much, she called a good friend of mine. And she informed my friend of what I had done. Now, now, now here it is. Here's the deal, guys. Don't get me wrong. What I'm about to say, listen to me now. Don't get me wrong. Because what my wife done needed to be done, okay? And it's possible that I wouldn't be here today if, if she had not did what she done. But, man, my wife snitched on me. <laughs> she, she told it. Now, you would have thought she was the FBI, the CIA. I mean, she just told it, ran and told it. I could not believe she did that to me. Do you guys have people like that in your life? You do something wrong, they run and tell it. Yeah, they run and tell it. They're kind of like that old, old, old green refrigerator. Can't hold a thing. Just can't hold a thing. But honestly, honestly, that was the best thing that could have happened to me. My wife informing my friend of what I had done. Honey, thank you so much for doing that for me. And you can snitch on me anytime you get ready. Well, that Sunday afternoon, I was at home and I was dealing with these feelings of doubt. And then my friend comes over, the one that my wife informed on me on. And he asked me this. He said, Shelby, are you okay? I said, yeah. He said, have you asked for forgiveness yet? I said, yeah. And then he said this. He said, get up, dust the dust off, and get back to church. Yeah, that's what he told me. Now, see, this was the same friend that I would go to whenever I had questions or whenever I had doubts. This is the same friend that I would go to. And do you know what he would always say to me when I, when I would present my questions and when I would present my doubts, you know what he would always say to me? He would say this, Shelby, what did God say? What did God say? And guys, this is what I needed to hear because in our time of doubt, guys, you need to know this, we have to make a choice. In your time of doubt, you, you have to make a choice. You see, I could have went on believing my feelings that, that I couldn't change and that I was going to always be like this and, and that this God thing doesn't work. Or I could simply choose to believe what God said. Let me tell you, that day I chose to believe what God said. Guys, in our time of doubt, we must believe what God said. You know, some of my favorite scriptures in my time of doubt are, are these, and I'll share them with you. It's Proverbs 3 and 5. It says, trust in the Lord with, with all your heart. 
And lean not to your own understandings. Lean not to your own feelings. Lean not to your own doubts. But trust God. Trust God in your time of doubt. Philippians 1 and 6. Listen to what this one says. And I am certain that God. I am certain that God, not Shelby, not my feelings, but God. Who began the good work or the change will continue his work until it is finished on that day when Christ Jesus returns. Guys, whenever doubt enters my life, I can be certain that God will continue my change. Guys, when it comes times, those times of doubt, we got to choose. We have a choice to make. Either we can lean to our own understanding or we can choose to believe what God said about our change. The second thing that can hinder our change is pride. Pride can hinder our change. You know, I like to think where I am today regarding my faith that, that I am a more mature believer in Christ. You see, I was mostly hindered in my change early on in my relationship with Christ. You know, I can remember those old saints saying things like this, I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord. They used to say that. Or I remember them saying this, I am saved, I am sanctified, I am filled with the Holy Ghost fire. I remember that. So as a young believer, this is what I did. Now, I just started saying those things. Yeah, I started saying those things. Now, I would say those things, but you know what? Well, I still had some issues I wasn't talking about. Yeah. You see, what I was doing, I was putting up a front. Like everything was okay. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with, with saying those things because if you know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you are blessed. You are highly favored of God. If you are saved, you are sanctified, and you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. But I said those things out of pride because I wanted everyone to think that I was all of that and a bag of chips too. Yeah, that's why I said it. Pride will hinder your change. And do you know what the definition of pride is? Listen to this. It's having a high opinion of oneself. That's what pride is. It's having a high opinion of oneself, and pride will hinder your change. Listen to what the Word of God teaches us about pride. It's in Romans 12 and 3. It says this. Because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measuring yourself by the faith that God has given us. Don't think that you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. 
You know, at this time, there was a group of men that I was meeting with every Saturday morning. And you talk about having a high opinion of ourselves, that was us. I mean, every Saturday morning, we would meet and, and we would see who would outdo each other by quoting Scripture. And here's the deal. I knew I was bad. I, I, did, I, I knew I was bad because I was quoting from the King James Bible. And we all know the King James Bible is the Word of God. Not really. There's a lot of translation of, of God's Word, but that's the one I chose. And so after I get to quoting my little old scripture, you know, I would stick my little old chest out, and, and, and I would have this look like, well, what does thou thinkest of me now? I mean, that was the look I had. That was the look I had. And to be honest with you guys, quoting that scripture didn't change us. Now, we should know Scripture. We should be able to quote Scripture. But change didn't happen until we got rid of the pride and became honest with ourselves and with other people. It was one Saturday as we were meeting in our group. This particular Saturday, everything, it was just quiet in the room. It was just quiet. Now, I don't really know what they were thinking, and I can't tell you exactly what I was thinking. But just maybe, just maybe, we were tired of putting up a front. Like everything was okay. Because what happened was this, as we were sitting in that group, and like I say, it was quiet. One of the guys opened up. And he said this, I got a problem with lust. Then it got quiet again. And then another guy, he said, I also have a problem with lust. And then all around that group, we begin to confess our faults. We begin to confess our failures. We begin to confess our sins. We begin to confess our problems. You see, what we decided that day, that we were not going to let pride hinder our change. We weren't going to do that. And what we did that day was so biblical. It was biblical what we did. James 5 and 16 says this, Therefore, confess your sins, your faults, your shortcomings, your problems to each other. Get rid of the pride. Stop elevating yourselves. And the Bible says do this and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayers of a righteous man is powerful and effective. You know, it's possible that there's people here today that need to be healed but pride is hindering their change because they got this high opinion of themselves. Because of pride, they won't seek help for their marriage. They're struggling. It's possible that it's people here today who's trying to keep up with the Joneses. And because of their pride, they're, they're sinking deep in debt. They're fronting, acting like everything is okay. It's possible that it's someone here today who, who need a, a friend. But pride is keeping them from, from reaching out. 
Guys, in order to be healed of pride, things can't stay the same. Things have got to change. You know, that day in that small group of men, that Saturday morning, when we confessed our sin, when we got rid of our pride, when we got rid of that high opinion of ourselves, let me tell you what happened. God healed us, and we changed. Let me tell you, pride will hinder your change. The third thing that will hinder your change is your environment. Your environment will, will hinder your change. There, there are certain places that, that, that will hinder your change. There are certain places. 25 years ago, for me, it was about this day, 25 years ago, for me, it was bars and nightclubs and certain house parties. Those things used to hinder my change. Now, I want to ask you a question. What place is it that you are attending that's hindering your change? Think about that. What, what place is it that you're attending and it's hindering your change? There are certain things, guys, that we need to stop doing. You know why? Because it's hindering our change. I've been, I've been clean for over 25 years now. You see, I stopped feeding my addiction because it was hindering my change. Maybe it's your drinking or your drug use that's hindering your change. Maybe it's some television program that you're watching and it's hindering your change. Maybe it's Pornography. Maybe you're viewing pornography and it's hindering your change. Maybe it's the material that you're reading. It could be hindering your change. You know, later I've seen some of those Zane books. Yeah, I've seen some of those Zane books. And, and that 50 Shades of Grey book, I heard about it. Let me tell you, that will hinder your change. You know what I call that? That's just lady porn. That's what that is. And those things will hinder your change. People living together who's not married, that will hinder your change. Having sex outside of marriage, let me tell you, that will hinder your change. And finally, finally, there are certain people we need not associate with. Yeah, there are certain people that we need not associate with. Now, we need to pray for them. We need to pray for them, but we need not associate with them. Now, some people we need to permanently disassociate with. They don't mean you no good. Then there's some people we need to temporarily disassociate with. God would take you out of their life for a season, and he will equip you, and then he will bring you back into their life. In either case, guys, we need to remember this, what it says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, it says this, bad company corrupts good character. Yeah, people will hinder your change. People will. So who should we hang around? If bad company corrupts good character, then good company, I would think, ought to build us up. And, and I found the best company inside of God's family. I said best company. I didn't say perfect company. 
Because Christians, you and I, you know what? We're not perfect. We're not perfect. Let, let, let's stop doing, let's stop saying that. Let's stop blaming folk. Let's stop expecting perfection out of imperfect people. Do you know what I do? I look for godly people who have a heart for God, and they are allowing God to change their lives. That's what I look for. Because those are the people that God used to change my life. What's entering your change? What's keeping you from becoming like Jesus? What's keeping you from becoming that new person? Oh, guys, we need to ask ourselves that question. What is it? What, what is it that, that's hindering your change? Guys, we serve an extraordinary God. Extraordinary God who changes ordinary people, ordinary sinful people, to be like Christ. Amen.